Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially Monday. Hi, Monday. My name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Podcast, and with me, as always, is <gasps> Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. And Luke, who are these strangers who pass through the door, who cover your action, and go you one more? I'm excited, Luke. We're back to talk about it's the, the motherfucking G1. And did you know, Luke, that G1 stands for Grade 1 Climax? And that means that this is the best graded wrestlers. They all got straight A's and maybe A-pluses even. And here they are, ready to fight each other, round-robin style. I don't know, man. I, you, you're trying to tell me that Yoshihashi passed an exam or Tongaloa? Get out of here. Well, Yoshihashi farted and cleared the room, and the teacher was like, ah, oh, it's fine. You get an A. Yeah, then he fucking grab, grabbed the answers and copied them. <laughs> Something like that. But yes, everyone, we're going to cover the first two nights of the G1 Climax. All right, I'll do it. 33! Yeah, I already did it at the top of the show. Oh, yeah, he did it at the top, right. But uh, I, I mean, I mean, the, the Japanese announcer guy did it, not me. It was somebody else. Was Japanese he definitely announcer. he definitely did that. And we're definitely fighting with real swords. Yeah. And uh, if there's anyone who wants to uh, talk to us about fighting with real swords, they can do that. Uh, we're on the Tweety. Uh, as uh, well, while it's still there, I'm uh, at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guys, at Drusifer Tweets. Together, we are collectively at Never Open Pod. And if you want to send us a written or voice email, you can do that. Never Open Pod at Gmail. com. And if you've got a bit of extra, if you got any of that fucking Sasha Banks money. <laughs> You know, <laughs> why don't you kick some of that our way? Buy us a t-shirt, buy a t-shirt from us or something. We've got a Teespring store. We can get merch that'll make you look about as badass as everyone in the fuck C block, because that's the Never Block, baby. And you'll look never as a fuck. Get it? It's true. It's true. Luke, I'm excited to talk about all this. As I said a second ago, I mean, you know, our these are usually huge episodes for us, especially the, you know, the G1 begins, Best of Super Juniors begins, stuff like that's always, a, you know, kind of a, a big episode for us. So I'm excited to see what's happened. We have some changes this year w- that we'll discuss, but um, what would you like to talk about first? Maybe Collision? <laughs> Maybe we should talk about that first? I mean, because now, you know, we have an AEW segment now on the show every day, every time at the top of the show, because they keep having New Japan wrestlers on. Yeah, this is especially my boy, or our boy, Jay White. So uh, he's he's with uh, Juice, and they've got a bit of a mini feud going with uh, FTR. They won last week to get to get themselves a title shot, and uh, it's two out of three falls. What I didn't expect was that this tag team title match would be the entire first hour of the show and would be absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, well, I knew it would be a good match. I just didn't know it would be like, holy shit. This is on free TV. What the fuck? This is amazing. Uh, it, it's. I'm not going to go too far into it. I will say that uh, I don't think Jay gets any pins uh, done on him, so that's nice. Uh, uh, the only. See, the, the, I knew when the match was ending because it was a an hour, and B Juice just tags back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, match was hard hitting. Good time. I can't, I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, anyone who's who watched Collision knows what I'm talking about. That's uh, some great stuff. So, yeah, uh, FCR retained, of course, but still, hour long. And, hey, 
what a what a great way to showcase the selling and abilities of Mr. Jay White than give him an hour on, on your one of your flagship shows. So I'm over the moon about that. And uh, hopefully that made everyone go, why is Jay White here to, oh, that's why he's here. All right, let's, let's see what he's got next. So yeah, great stuff. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Also, uh, I did not watch this, but I did learn that uh, Ian Rekabani is who is going to, you know, take Kevin Kelly's place while he's in Japan. So that, that mystery is solved. Now we know what's going on there. And people have been, uh, saying that Ian Riccoboni did a great job and I do think he does a great job I just oh I just uh you know when I'm oh, oh I was just talk trying to spit that something out that but uh I kept you know ah, that's just we my should, problem we should talk about the G1 press conference yeah but uh <laughs> I agree I think he was a little better on collision than Kevin and that's only because I feel like Ian Riccoboni has been with the company a lot longer so he's a bit more familiar with the, all the wrestlers in the product so Kevin will get there but uh, I don't care about that at the moment because uh, Kevin's well, in Japan yeah. where he uh, should Kevin, be gone, dang it. Kevin's been not doing American television for many, many years. So it's going to yeah, take true. a while to get, you know, sneak into that. So that's cool. But uh, Luke, we have a tradition every year uh, for the G1, the grade one climax, um, <laughs> is that, you, you know, they have a press conference. And like we heard there was an announcement that like, um, Eddie Kingston was going to be late to the press conference, but I couldn't find anywhere where and when the press conference gonna, was going to be. And it turned out that it just kind of showed up out of nowhere on Abima, which was like that app TV streaming service that we had to like download to do the uh, Noah versus New Japan like thing That's a long right. time ago. Charity so, show. so, you know, they released it later on, but we both watched it. Luke, what did you think of the press conference? All right, so you saw it first, and you even sent me some clips, which I watched. So uh, you pretty much were like, hey, these were the best promos, and uh, having watched it, I was like, yeah, he wasn't wrong. But uh, I liked it. Uh, it you know, they're, they're all the same. I'm going to win. Some people make it that extra special fun, that extra special interesting. Uh, I guess uh, Kenta coming out like he's Roy from The Simpsons uh, made me laugh, or like he's having a midlife crisis. So uh, anyone who gets the Roy reference there, uh, anyway, but hopefully someone else there does. Uh, Granted, Khan was like either asleep or uh, no, he was asleep. Then he came out and he's like, I'm going to win. Bye. So I'm like, OK. Naito pretty was much, asleep, as usual. Yeah. Naito <laughs> definitely was asleep. Fucking <laughs> the first half of the press conference has Gabe Kidd front and center on the cam whole time. And he's heckling most people. And if he doesn't heckle them, he's sitting behind him, giving him the finger, the sneaky finger like that. So I'm just like, Gabriel Kidd does not turn his character off, and uh, I kind of like that. I like uh, Carter calling Kid Kimi his little play buddy. I'm like, what? <laughs> but, uh, well, speaking of Gabe Kidd, though, like him and Alex C, they were kind of the yeah. two standouts, sort of. Gabe Kidd went fucking nuts and then just dove on Yoda Suji and started fighting Kiyomiya and his loss. Do something. Do something. I love that. I love this that. This is my shit. Do something. Yeah, I loved it. And, and then, uh, yeah. I learned, I, I didn't know that Alex C was from New York. Um, but we learned that right away. I mean, he said like five words and he's like, yeah, over here, I'm going to 
talk about the new Japan over here. Forget about it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. So, Look where am I done. Forget uh, about it. I'm training. Yeah, I'm training his here. promo was amazing. It was. And he po- it pointed out that, uh, you know, in storyline, he's got some beef with New Japan. And maybe in real life, he's got some beef with New Japan. And that the only reason he, him and Gabe Kidd were called up was because Aussie Open, uh, you know, as the kids would say, New Japan fumbled the bag with Aussie Open. So that's kind of something he points out, which I liked. They didn't just fumble the bag. They fumbled the bag, dropped it, tripped over it, and uh, somehow landed with their head up their ass. So, uh, you know. New Japan is not perfect. I love them. You love them. But, yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. Aussie Open, they should be should be here. Having said that, though, um, I'm very happy to see Gabe Kidd and uh, and Alex C in the in the tourney, especially, like, that, that ain't my favorite promos. Yes, I love it, a good kid to promo, especially when he's, like, talking in English and then having the translator translate straight away. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Called everybody ugly and yeah. and, <laughs> and he says in one of his post match comments he he had talked to Tomatonga and told him that he was ugly in the press conference and Tomatonga smiled and Kenta like you know has a promo later after one of the shows about Tomatonga and he talks about how like man I one day I want to be the kind of guy that when someone calls me ugly I just smile at him and I don't take it personally because I definitely take it personally every time oh yeah <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Kenta will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah, Kenta think, thinks he's already won because he's the best looking in the block. <laughs> Ishii just gets up. I'll beat the crap out of everyone here. And leaves. <laughs> Evil, Evil's looking for a uh, a look change. He must be because he just said uh, he'll shave his head if he loses. So, uh, well, <clears throat> yeah, he's doing fine so far. We'll see. I mean, who would want to be bald? I mean, how awful would that be? You know, what a what I mean, the stakes are high now in every evil match because if he's bald, I mean, his life would end, right? Isn't that how it works? Mr. Guy, I think you and I can both agree that neither one of us can think of any bald wrestlers that had a good career and became iconic in the ring, right? Right? It's <laughs> baldest as hell, man. So. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm losing my hair at an alarming rate. Alarming for me, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's 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 fine. It, it is what it is. Uh, you know, uh, ELP also delivered. He pretended he had a fucked up throat and handed his phone to Chris Charlton, who then proceeded to read the read the promo. And uh, we found out all sorts of interesting things, like uh, I have something in common with Yoshihashi. I think farting is funny, and I laugh when I rip ass. And it's a loud, stinky fart. So, yeah, that's me, 40-year-old man, and I do that. <clears throat> I, My sister and I think that poop is very funny and farting is very funny, and it's a yep. joke that has gone back to since we were little kids, of course. And, uh, you know, if I really tear up the office or something like that, man, I'll just, I'll just text her and be like, I farted, and it smells really bad. And she'll text me back and say, thank you so much for letting me know. <laughs> It's important it's that uh, <laughs> that like minds uh, find out about this stuff. That's great. Oh my you goodness. Know. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> the, you know, I was surprised that ELP said that uh, you know Tonga Loa has the best tits in New Japan because Taichi has the best tits in New Japan. Come on, yeah, man. Right. I thought he was talking about Taichi first, but no, he's like, oh, you wrestle T. He said T. 
And I'm like, oh, dangerous tea. You know, no, no, no. He was talking about Tongaloa, which is not dangerous tea. And he, you know, he said he's going to make him wrestle without that shirt on. And we'll talk about Tongaloa later. You know, I'm interested to uh, talk about him a little bit. <laughs> but Luke... Tongaloa decided to double down on wearing the t-shirt by wearing also the baggiest t-shirt he possibly could. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's got image issues or something. He doesn't he doesn't need to worry about that, man. Like that. Like he looks like a stud. He doesn't need to. He does tall. no. He like posts picture of himself like basically nude on Instagram. So I don't think he has an issue with that. But uh, anyway, it's bizarre. But anyway, Luke, there are some changes this year to the G1 Climax format. Of course, we have the 32 sure wrestlers, and it's G1, G1 Climax 33, and we have 32 wrestlers for some reason. And it's yeah, it's an odd number. And uh, much like it's going to be like the best Super Juniors, the best, uh, you know, records, the people with the most points that, you know, in each block, I guess there's two different blocks that are going to face each other to make it to the finals. But also there's been a time limit change, Luke, and it's changed everything. Tell us all about it. Yes, it has. Uh, generally, the G1 is 30-minute uh, matches, time limit. Well, this time it's 20-minute time limit. And uh, I wasn't aware of this until you brought it up to me before the show, but apparently people have been bitching and whinging about that. And I'm thinking like, well, most G1 matches are less than 20 minutes long anyway, so shut the fuck up. And plus, with the with the shorter time limit, hey, there's a bit, most since most matches will head towards that 20-minute mark anyway, you can have more matches with a bit more desperation and suspense in the last final moments. So I like it. It's fun. It's, oh, it's like... Uh, a tournament full of matches that go for the standard never open title match. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, people were whining about the uh, format too, but like why this format is much better than, you know, the old style format where they basically wrestle every other day for a month is that we'll see guys. And then a couple days later, we'll see them again and they'll have time to rest so they can go harder. And they always will have a few days in between matches, except for a few times and that's important. Yeah. And it's really helpful for us because there's breaks like, you know, today is Monday in Australia. There's no show today, uh, you know, so we get a little break. We can put in an episode without having to, like, watch shows and do episodes on the same day, which is no bueno. So I'm happy for the format. I think it's great for podcasters in, you know, in particular. <laughs> so that's what's important to me. But uh, I would I would say something interesting, though. This year, the Major League Baseball, which is the, you know, uh, that's the A-League <laughs> in the United States of uh, baseball, you know, America's sport. And they added something called a pitch clock this year, which forces the, the – it used to be the pitcher could stand there as long as he wanted. And, you know, basically like the bowler in uh, – I don't know how that works in cricket, but in, you know, if the bowler was just allowed to stand there for as long as he wanted – step off, step on, step off, step on and play mind games. That's how baseball used to be as of last year. This year, the pitcher has to pitch it within like 20 seconds. <laughs> it's awesome. It forces them to play faster. So I, I, my point being is, is that if there is any kind of like change to how the wrestlers wrestle, it's just going to speed things up a little bit. And we won't have like eight minutes of just endless boring heat in the middle of matches. So, you know, maybe we still will at some matches. We'll find out. But I think that uh, speeding matches up isn't a bad thing when it comes to these heavyweight matches. And uh, as I mentioned before, another thing that's interesting about this uh, 
you know, format is that it is all singles matches, no tags until the, the, you know, final semifinals uh, nights. So that's interesting. I'm excited for that. I remember last year ragging on the uh, heavies for being a bunch of pussies because the juniors did some uh, all tawny matches last year and then they did it again this year and i'm like all right heavies are you gonna be pussies again this year are you gonna uh yeah i'll shut up now so they're, yeah they're, they're, they're doing it they're doing it i'll shut well, up well i mean mikey uh, nichols and hanari are definitely pussies and you should definitely call them that so, they... <laughs> they keep wrestling like that uh they're gonna need more than a couple of days off man those oh two decided God. hey do you want to kill me yeah i want to kill you too all right, let's fuck each other up. All right, we'll get there. Holy shit. Awesome. <laughs> Luke, Fucking are you ready? Man. Oh, dude. <laughs> so... All right, Night so mm-hmm. before we start, I'm going to mention something at the start of the tournament because it's going to happen at various points, and I don't want to keep explaining it. I don't. No one asked me about it on the tweet, so I just assume they know what I'm talking about. Or they're just like, yeah, I just like it, whatever the fuck. But there's a thing called the Katamaru Gambit, everybody. There was a Best of Super Juniors tournament one year where every single entrance, (laughs) Katamaru beat everyone up on the entrance or on their way to the ring before the bell every single time. So they all look like chumps, I guess, by the end of it. But he beat every single person up to the point where I'm just like, there's got to be a name for this. And there is. It's called the Katamaru Gambit. And we'll see a few of these throughout the tournament and for at least two nights. So there. So when I say Katamaru Gambit, you know. Now you know. Now you fucking know. And Luke, this uh, first night, first and second night, takes place at the Hokkaido Perfector Sports Center, um, which is an indoor sporting arena located in some places uh, that I can't pronounce near Sapporo, Japan. And sometimes it's called Kidayel. The capacity of the main arena is 8,000 motherfuckers, and it hosted some <laughs> of, of the group games for the 2006 FIBA, now FIFA, FIBA World Championship, and also for the 2006 Women's Volleyball World Championship. We, man, New Japan loves to rent out the uh, 2006 Women's Volleyball World Championship venues. But uh, also, there mm-hmm. is a second arena for smaller events and, and public exercise gym where they three dads gym goes sometimes when, uh, you know, their gym floods or something like that or Hanma has to clean the floors. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it's got treadmills, weights, and weight machines. So I had to let everybody know about that. Very important to know about all the venues. That's right. So you can go buy your merch. Then you go do a couple reps over in the, in the next room. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, nights. It's night one. It's blocks A and B tonight. And uh, here we go. We're starting with, oh man, night two addressed this a lot better because night two starts with a, well, a match that should start a show. Uh, no offense to you, El Fantasmo. But yes, we have uh, B block action with El Fantasmo and Yoshi Hashi. And... All right, here's where we learn that uh, because of the commentary that, oh, Hokkaido likes to take its time to wake up. And I'm like, and you sent me a message. It's like, that's not the reason, man. It's it's a Yoshihashi match. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning meaning the crowd, right? Also, I think the crowd crowd was kind of far away from the ring, just the way that it's set up. And I just don't think the sound quite traveled. They do get loud at certain times, certainly. But... It's kind of like, you know, when you hear someone say, it, it's not, Yoshihashi, it's, you know, you can barely hear them for some reason. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you 
know, you know El Fantasmo just gets drop kicked to the leg, does that gnarly looking head bump that always freaks me out a little bit. <sighs> it's look, this Yoshihashi does a good flip over the top rope, and I said, ah, ah, just good, Andy. I didn't say amazing. Don't don't go crazy here. Uh, and I say it looked good because he landed and it didn't look like he died. So I'm like, all right, Yoshihashi can kind of do that now. All right. That's nice to know. He flies now. He flies now? Yeah, he flies now. So uh, this match is fine. I think I've seen both have better matches against each other too. I don't know. Maybe it's like a crowd energy. Maybe it's just like I thought these two would just go harder, I guess, because it's the first match of the uh, of the G1, the, the whole tournament. The, the Like, this is the first match. The very first. What do you? Yeah. I don't know. So it's not bad. It's just, <laughs> it's just there. You know, I've, Come on, man. I thought they'd go harder. However, there is a finish that I kind of liked, and I'm like, well, this looks easier to put on than Karma for Paul Yoshihashi because you can never quite figure out how to <laughs> position some motherfucker to put that on. So it looks like he's like, uh, yeah, crucifix bomb. Let's do it. So uh, that's what he does, and he uses that for the win against El Fantasmo. Uh, so, yeah, know, new finish for Yoshihashi, huh? How about that? He's on two points. Yeah, it looked cool, too, because ELP had him up on his shoulders to do some move. You know, uh, one of his, I don't know, he has all the finishes and stuff. So, and like Yoshihashi kind of rolled down his back to do that. That was kind of cool. Um, you know, it's sad that ELP can't win, but the, this match, I would call it very workmanlike. These guys, like, came yeah. in, they, they did moves on each other. There was a finish. <laughs> That's kind of how it was, but uh, yeah, crowd real quiet. But uh, this next match is interesting, Luke. We have uh, Chase Owens making his triumphant return to New Japan versus the debuting in the J- G1, Cave Kid. So we get the Kanemaru Gambit from Gabe Kid oh, right yeah. on the stage, right? And so, you know, after the match, Chase Owens was like, he, man, his promo after the match is so long. And it's like him just saying over and over, what the fuck, man? I don't know what that was all about on the stage. But, you know, Bullet Club's about taking what you want. But I don't know what that was about. You do know what that was about. He was trying to take what he want. What do you mean? So anyway, and Gabe Kidd takes it into the crowd. He tears up seats and guardrails and stuff. And he, he makes fans run for their lives, which is just one of my favorite tropes in Japanese wrestling is just Japanese people running for their lives, screaming, you know, because the bad guy, you know, gaijins are coming through the crowd. That's what's going on here. It's awesome. I love that. Uh, makes me so happy. So, and you know, this is one of the most Japanese matches on the night, actually, which is great. So Gabe Kid, he gets on English commentary, the, the little mic that, uh, <laughs> that Kevin Kelly says, and he says, this is crazy. He's like, hey, when Juice Robinson was over here, he got in trouble for, like, betting a Japanese whim- woman. But I'm going to bet three Japanese women. <laughs> it's like, what? So this is while all this fracas is going on. He hits a giant – they have, like, a stage area where they come down and then a ramp. And so he gets up on the, the stage and hits a huge dive. Then he jumps on a bunch of young lions and kills them. It's awesome. Uh, they finally get get in the ring, and the whole crowd just laughs when the bell rings because it's been like eight eight minutes of brawling or something. They get in the ring, and the ding. <laughs> I think we got a Kanemaru Gambit world record here, Mister Guy. That was great, man. Made me laugh. So, <laughs> uh, 
so Chase Owens, he comes back right away and does all his moves and everything looks good. You know, it's uh, New Japan heavyweight reversals, including a long um Oh, running. Oh, half ring running the rope sequence. That's really weird. And I thought it was cool. So it was like they were running the ropes, but only using half the ring. It was kind of neat. So they kept running the same ropes, you know, on the one side. And uh, that ended with a sweet gay kid lariat and a brain buster for two more back and forth like this and a package pile driver for the win. Boo for real, bro. For real. Uh, I thought this match was really good. In fact, maybe they should have started the show with this match, to be honest. And I like ALP and Yoshihashi, so and I'm not a huge chase, guys, but there you go, I said it. Uh, and the only thing I'm kind of, like, not happy about in this match was the finish with Chase Owens getting the two, because, man, talk about a young young kid, like, getting a spot on a, car, on a, on a card or a tournament or anything like that, and he's just going... He's just throwing everything in there. He can. He's doing everything he can, character-wise, in-ring, everything. Uh, and not just and it's not just Gabe Kidd. It's his tag team partner as well. And it and it's their junior counterparts as well. It's like these these four these four dudes have been given a spot and they've been put in Bullet Club and then and they're making the most of it, win, lose or draw, loving it. Well, one more thing just to mention is that normally when in a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club G1 match. They act like they're friends or something. Or even if something like this happens after the match, they too sweet. That did not happen in this match. So. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So next we've got uh, B-block action. It is Kenta versus the all-new, all-different. Nah, just joking. It's the same old, same old Tonga Loa. It's even older. He's Camacho now. He's Camacho Tongaloa, which is from NXT. And even Hanare tweeted New Japan or NXT. So, <laughs> dude, he's mean? been gone a year. That is so long. You could do anything. <sighs> change your pants. Put on some trunks. Change your boots. Put on a different shirt. Don't wear a shirt. Apparently, you t- you got rocking tits. Apparently, <laughs> I don't follow. I don't use Instagram, so I, I, I'm missing out on the on the rack action with Tongaloa. <laughs> you could put fucking new music. You know what? If you guys want to just go back to old music, why don't you just go to the uh, the old one? Gorilla Tactics and stuff for you to kill. Because I don't think it has Bullet Club lyrics in it. I'm watching Tongaloa come out, and you know what I hear? Cutthroat era! <laughs> and uh, he's exactly the same in the ring, too, by the way. Exactly the same. No new moves. No new anything. Exactly the same. Come on, man! Yoshihashi even pulled out a new move. He even did a dive and didn't die. What are you... This match is boring. I'm sorry, Mr. Andy. <laughs> Why don't I get the two fucking mare ones? This match is fuck, fucking... Oh, because the next one, I feel like you'll fucking smash it out of the park. This match is boring. Not even Kenta can make this good because he's going to go for the heat spots. Guess what, Kenta? I want you to beat his ass up. <laughs> so it's not working. Uh, ape shit and the fucking wrong dude won. Like, really? Kenta loses to Tonga? I know it's a surprise. you got to have your first match surprise. I get it. 
it's fine. I'd rather that surprise had happened during Greater Karnakata, to be honest, but uh, whatever. You can't all have, <laughs> you can't have all winners. That's great. match almost fell apart at one point, too. You know, and uh, and also just come on, Tonga Loa, just sell. You'd be so much better if you could just sell. He gets hit in the balls, and then you know, or he gets a low blow, or yeah, he gets hit with a low blow, and then just no sells it and hits the the. I have the ass swipe, not the not the ape shit. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it, and I was like, ah, oh, the ass swipe. We'll go with that. So uh, anyway, it, it's just like, and after the match, he doesn't even act like he's been in a match. He's just all excited and he doesn't remember. His balls don't remember getting punched in them like a minute before that. It's Dude, like, please, Sal. We were also talking about this. They're giving him an injured leg storyline. You give that storyline to Tanahashi because he will make it look like he has been murdered and you will get behind him. Tongaloa cannot sell. He can't yep. sell. Well, yeah, and what you're talking about is that Kenta just destroys his leg with a chair yeah. during the match. And and also during the press conference, Tongaloa was like, oh, I'm happy to be back. I'm so glad, you know, people react, and that's great. Oh, I'm still not 100%. <laughs> what? what? I'm just going to tell you? all of my competitors who are in the room watching me talk <laughs> that I'm not 100%. Oh, my God. What are you doing? <sighs> that was weird. So, Come on, man. Anyway. Well, let's finally, the G1 needs to begin, Luke. It hasn't quite begun yet, but here we go. It's about to actually begin. And it is two debuting young guys who fucking hate each other, who have like this extreme rivalry already. And it's the beginning. We are in the very beginning stages of what will be a long-term amazing story and huge rivalry in New Japan. It's Ren Narita oh, versus Shota Umino for the first time in the G1. Amazing. I love this. This is so fun. The crowd knows what they're there to see, and they are here for it. So as the kids would say. So they start, you know, never style. It's awesome. They do a million forearms, and they take turns just beating each other down in the corner. And I realize they're doing an Ishii match. And I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, it's awesome. They're just like, <laughs> and, and if you, if you're a new listener, <clears throat> you know, Ishii's matches are always structured in this way where it's, a, I call it mirror spots where basically someone will do a big long sequence. And then the other person does it to the other person, it, the same exact sequence, only their version of that. And, and this is what this match is. They do that the whole fucking match. It's awesome. I love it. It's so great. Also, it's clear if you've never seen these guys wrestle, you don't know anything about them, you know everything you need to know by the way they're fighting each other. It's clear it's personal. It's you know, it's Ren works his way into a figure four in the middle of the ring, but Shota gets out and he hits his like front side press slam thing and is running uppercuts, bridging suplex for two from Shota Umino. And he goes to the top, huge missile drop kick, and he gets the STF um, for a rope break spot. Then Brian Danielson elbows from Shota Umino, but Ren gets away and hits a few of his own to the like uh, Shota's back, ending with a drop kick for a double down. There's reversals galore, and we see that weird reverse necker breaker thing from Umino. Um, he hits a fisherman buster type thing for two outside in DDT from Shota Umino. I love that move, by the way. That's a great move, <laughs> and uh, it, it's great. He has to make like an in air adjustment to hit it right too, which is really cool. So many awesome moves. The crowds finally start to come alive here like we know they can. 
and it's tremendous looking counters and reversals over and over. Renarita busts out a Scorpion Deathlock looking move for a rope break, and it's getting to be late in the match. And we're like, me and you are messaging like, ah, time limit draw. And, you know, it just seems like that's a great way to start this like feud, you know, yes. and I know it's not the beginning of it, but this is the beginning of their singles feud, you know? And so the, <laughs> at this point, they just are like, hey, you want to like, you know, Luke's watching this match, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's that guy that loves suplexes. <laughs> he just starts suplexing each other over and over, all over the ring. They stumble, stumble to the phone, <laughs> stumble to their feet, and they're both, like, destroy each other with slaps for another double down. On their knees, they fight to their feet 17 minutes in. Strikes galore, and they aren't perfect. It's great, you know. It, it, they they are showing battle damage. They're showing wear as it, as the you know match goes on. Running ignition thing uh, from Shota Umino for two. He hits a package suplex driver thing for two. That's awesome. It it's it's down to the wire. Cobra twist from Ren to counter a Death Rider temp. Bridging German from Ren to Rita for two. Twenty seconds left, Luke. They kind of botch the finish though because it's a, it's no one's gonna uh, remember that but yeah true no but it sucks because everything's going so perfect and then they're yep. like they they hear the 20 second mark and they're like oh shit we get like six more moves we gotta do we don't have time for those so they try to do them all at once <laughs> and it's just like they both just kind of run into each other but then the bell rings and it's a draw man this match accomplished what it was out to set set out to do i think both these guys showed us what we needed to see and the fact that it was a strong style heavyweight main event new japan style match i mean that makes me happy because we've been bitching about where is that style of match you know it, it's missing and here it is so i was really happy for it luke yeah look i saw it too that ending and you know it was just like that first time jeff cobb and zach Sabre jr had that 15 minute match yeah they also must have been like oh shit we, we got 10 seconds fuck <laughs> But then they had the second match and it was even better and they, you know, they course corrected there. So, dude, you you just said it straight away after this. You tweeted out like, uh, this is just a taste. I'm like, fucking hell, let that sink in. This is their first singles match against each other. Well, as you know, from as main characters, I guess, instead of young lines. Right. Fucking hell, this was absolutely incredible. I'm a simple dude. I like suplexes and figure fours. I get both. I only get one figure four, maybe two, but I also like that Ren puts him in a modified Brab as well. Like, just an extra fuck you. There's a goddamn Blizzard suplex up, 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 up in this shit. Exploders and German trading. I'm just like, what? I mean, I was already paying attention. Now I'm, yeah. They do all, they do all my favorite shit, but with their extra stank on it, which makes it awesome. Like you said, they're doing the Ishii spots, but they're doing it in their own kind of style. Man, this... This match was fucking awesome. I think everyone didn't know who to root for. Everything. I don't think anyone on the Tweety that I read anyway was like, go Shooter or go Ren. They were like, no. yay, everyone. <laughs> right. Both to win. And they kind of did. So. <laughs> and, and like and both guys backstage after this are disappointed in themselves, you know, which is another great thing because like, you know, the wrestler's ultimate feud is against himself, right? You know, and so these two, they they see each other in each other, you know? And it's it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's two guys in a mirror, even though they're so different. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. And 
they've both kind of come out this never style through totally different ways. You've got Red Narita with the, the you know the kind of Shibata Ishii influence, and then you've got uh, Shooter who's got the uh, I guess a bit of that uh, Moxley and Ishii influence as well. So uh, yeah, I love it. And I thought, wow, how are you going to fucking follow that? Oh, it's Great Okan and Okada. Yeah, they got this. I don't. I mean, it's hard to beat the draw. So, so I probably don't like it as much as the draw match, but this match is awesome. Uh, it's their first meeting in about three years or so, singles-wise, Great Okan and Okada. And uh, the first portion of this match is Great Okan remembering how we lost the last match and being really pissed off about it and taking... Uh, he, he, he's, it's like he's cosplaying his uh, uh, Stu Hart here. And he's like, oh, hey, hey, kid. He fucking stretches the shit out and stretching and choking of Okada for the first portion of this match. I'm just like, geez, dude. And Great Okada does this kind of mat wrestling style that looks, well, it looks rough. It doesn't look like two people moving in sync to put in the next move. No, it looks like he fucking smooshed you down on the mat and held you down and then then got himself into the position he wanted and fucked you up. So, I don't know, a bit of extra stank there. I like it. When it I love great Akans mat wrestling, so I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Man, and the match builds fucking wonderfully from there. Uh, it, and it... Uh, Cardiff just firing back after only uh, yeah, as only he can, and uh, Greater Khan just keeps kind of going back to these chokes and submissions, hoping to fucking wear down Okada so he can get <clears throat> get his shit in. Man, I really enjoyed this. I thought, like in my head, I thought this what would be hilarious. It would be all right. So the young person block. Oh yeah, they all they all want to beat each other up so they can wrestle Okada. Would have made me laugh if uh, Great Okan actually beat Okada in the first round and was just like, oh, you guys all want to fight this dude? Nah, I've got this. <laughs> but uh, uh, now we both see something that we've seen Okada do many times. I think uh, you have a better descriptor than I do, but uh, I thought, is this like his best dropkick ever? I think it might be. That was amazing. Yeah. Okada dropkicks, man. They're, they're a thing of... They're art, man. They're art. Great Okan, in typical Okada fashion, Great Okan comes so close, but he does the Willow Nightingale finish by missing a massive karate punch, and then, boom, Rainmaker, uh, Okada wins. I really enjoyed it. It was interesting how, you know, I thought that Okada was selling his ass off, you know, especially yeah. at the beginning, you know, when he was getting stretched, he was making all kinds of crazy faces and stuff. It was awesome. Also, you know, great Okan after he, you know, almost killed Fujita a couple of times. It's that, that claw suplex is now part of his arsenal and even Okada's taken the claw suplex. So that was yeah. awesome. I yes. love that, man. <laughs> um, also, uh, Okada going in for the Rainmaker and Great Okan reversing it with his over-the-shoulder arm drag was like, oh, that's the my shit plus your shit equals new shit. You know, the, the basis yes. for wrestling. I mean, I love that. Love that when moves go together like peanut butter and jelly like that. So, man, that was great. Now, Luke, are you ready for your jeans to be blasted? I don't think Kiyomiya was. I think he was. If he did just fine. Not, not but... right at the start. I mean, he does fine. The match is great. But oh, like, yeah, right at not. the start. Like, 
Yeah, I yeah, don't think they do. do. Do they have Katamura Gambit, Gambits in, uh, in Pro Wrestling Noah? Because <laughs> uh, he just was made aware well, of yeah. I think that's where they actually started, Luke, because Kanemaru was there <laughs> oh, yeah. first, right? So, oh, yeah. uh, so it is. Uh, it is <laughs> I'm dumb. The, re- the returning Yoda Suji uh, are debuting in the G1 uh, versus the debuting Kato, Kato Kiyomiya. Mia, shit. And uh, this is nuts. So, like, Kato Kiyomiya, he's like, oh, I'm a new guy. I'm getting my, my uh, you know, whole entrance. People get to see what I'm all about. Nope. Suji blasts Kato's jeans right out of the gate by interrupting his entrance with a dive. We get some heat on Kato Kiyomiya. And uh, he hits Noah-style strikes, but there's a sweet backbreaker from Suji for uh, two, and uh, he stays in control. Uh, Kiyomiya comes back with these, like, flashing elbow and some, like, fuck your leg, which, you know, hey, welcome to the show. Fuck your leg. I mean, it's been a while, all the way back. It's been a while. Since Best of the Super Juniors, you know. Um, you're back and you're making an early appearance in uh, New Japan's G1 Climax because Tanahashi hasn't even wrestled yet. So, uh, Suji, he uses his high-flying power moves, which is, like, crazy shit. That's kind of what he is. He's a high-flyer power wrestler and he uses fast snap or oh and kiyomiya uses fast snap offense to counter so <clears throat> there's a drop kick to the leg from kato kiyomiya and he gets the muda figure four on for a rope break which is great huge missile drop kick from kiyomiya and he hits a nice bridging sur- suplex for two tiger suplex but suji flips out and sells both knees which is kind of weird he like like Kiyomiya had fucked his leg up and it almost like he sold the wrong knee and they remembered he had to sell the other one and was like, oh, they both hurt. They sure do. That's <laughs> funny. So I'm uh, going to allow it. <laughs> well, it, you could also say that it was mind games by him because, you know, he is kind of a, a you know, tricky dude. But anyway, there's a tremendous exchange here uh, that ends with a nasty looking headbutt from Suji for a double down. It's incredible. It's fast and furious, heavyweight shit, counters for counters, and Kato Kiyomiya gaining traction. He hits his crazy knees and great power moves. He hits the Shining Wizard and wins. Tremendous match and a great start for Kato Kiyomiya. Suji, in his uh, post-match comments, just he didn't say anything. He just stared at the camera and just kind of was like, oh, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so... I know, I know Yoda Suji has had two high-profile singles matches now. Uh, you know, Sonata and now Kato Kiyomiya. And I know he's lost both of them. But god damn, he is so good. He already strikes me as a guy who can eat a few losses and it's fine because everyone watching him knows he's awesome already. It's like uh, when the fans are watching in AW uh, Kanosuke uh, Takeshita. Uh, why aren't you pushing this guy? He's awesome. Lose, lose, job, job, job. Why aren't you pushing this guy? And there they are. So it's not going to, we're not going to have to wait that long for uh, Mr. Yoda Suji. But, uh, dude, this match was just full of shit that I'd never seen before and I wasn't sure how to make notes of. So I'm glad you took this match. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> I loved every second I, of it. Well, Yoda Suji, I feel like he, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I feel like Yoda Suji may have a little extra in terms of being a young lion coming back from excursion. Maybe like a, uh, uh, a young switchblade did. I'm not, I'm not saying he's that good yet or anything like that, but I'm saying like I don't know. This he's got a little extra. There's something there. Definitely. This uh, this result also tells the story that like you know everybody saw Okada beat the shit out of Kiyomiya easily, right? 
So mm-hmm. now they're they're all like thinking, oh, I can beat the shit out of him easily. But Suji, you're not Okada. So that's like a lesson all the young guys are going to have to learn, I think, when they face Kiyomiya. I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I love it too. And uh, maybe maybe it's because I've hated the booking that the poor man's been having for the last few years. But uh, I feel like I think Kiyomiya is my favorite Noah dude. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hey, he had to, you know, go to a different company to get booked good. So <laughs> there is that. I mean, man, I'm so happy I get to watch nine of his fucking matches. Man, I'm over the moon. Oh, my God. And uh, speaking of being over the moon, here it is. It's B-Block action. It is Tai Chi versus uh, the the Billy Man, Osprey. And I really like this match. In fact, uh, it, I like it because it leads to me screaming and jumping out of my chair while Charity is laughing her ass off at my reaction. So uh, she wasn't paying attention to the match. She's uh, on the couch, got her headphones on. She's doing laptop stuff. Jump out of my chair and I start screaming, but I'll get to that. There's a crowd fight. It's not quite a Katamari game, but they get in the ring first and they get into the crowd. Taichi gets brutalized. In fact, uh, Billy, who uh, has already whooped Taichi's ass uh, once or twice recently, doesn't think he's doesn't think Taichi is all that. He thinks he's uh, just a little bitch. In fact, uh, you know he's a bit arrogant too because he just beat Kenny Omega so he's just like oh I beat Omega and now I'm fucking like in the ring with this little bitch like what the fuck and he goes look uh, I got 20 minutes to make you suffer you little motherfucker so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that time and so for the first half of the match I'm like please don't hurt Tai Chi so much stop it you know in that really adorable voice don't leave him alone I wasn't see, used to seeing Tai Chi being wailed on like that but you know what Tai Chi can do really well sell and make it look like he's been absolutely destroyed. <sighs> See that Tongaloa, like Tongaloa. You know how there's some some oh, dudes who are students, students of wrestling, so they either watch like backstage or they're watching Gorilla certain matches and things like that, so they can like study up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Tongaloa was already in his hotel room. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to rag on him again, but I I did. But man, I loved I loved it. Tai Chi, he fucking manages to overcome Osprey. And there's a lot more to it than that. They do all the fucking moves, man. It is incredible because it's all about like Will Osprey shutting Tai Chi down, but Tai Chi just managing to kind of pull these moves out and and just oh, it was fucking awesome. I don't think I've ever seen a Black Mephisto so well deserved and so like he worked hard to get that move on, and he pretty much got it on by catching Will Osprey in midair, switching him up, boom. He also fucking super kicked Will Osprey in midair. Oh no, it was a super kick in midair, Black Mephisto, boom. And I didn't expect it. Like I know it's, it's the first two nights of the G1. You're gonna get surprises. I didn't expect uh, uh, the King of Pro Wrestling to beat the United States Champion, but uh, that's the world we live in. I like that world. It's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <I> <laughs> mean, yeah, this match is weird at parts, though, because at a certain point, Taichi kind of catches Will in the ear. And I, you mm-hmm. know, when he starts selling like he's concussed or he can't, he's burst his eardrum. And if he really has or really was, I'm sorry, that sucks. But if that's like just something you're doing to like be like, oh, that's why Taichi beat me. You know, it's just kind of like, 
man, come on, man. Taichi beat you because he was better than you this night. That's what happens in the G1. You know, you don't, you don't, you, you lose a match in the G1. That doesn't hurt you no matter who you are and who you lose to. So I don't know. I just, I didn't really like that. If that was part of the story, if that was something that just got thrown in out of nowhere, I also don't like it. So anyway, but Taichi won. That makes me so happy. And the last, oh, yeah. like, five minutes of this match are as good as it gets you know um it's i don't know it's fantastic and and that that was the main event right luke that was Him. right uh, oh wait wait there's one more match i see here oh, i understand okay. like sonata's the champ and you want to put him in main events but i've seen other g1s where the champ wasn't main eventing and 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 you're like why oh because the main event was tanahashi versus naito you know mm-hmm. something like that uh well or the main event was Taichi versus Osprey. I would have put right. that or the Yoda Suji Kiyomiya match on last, maybe, but uh, they decided not to. I don't hate this match, by the way. Uh, you can talk about it, but uh, I, I thought it was good. It's pretty decent for a Hikaleo match, so I liked him a lot more than I like his older brother. Yeah, well, Hikaleo versus Sonata is our main event. Mm. So we have a fast start, and Sonata almost wins with a Connor O'Connor roll, and then Hikaleo dominates on the outside. Of course, you got to go crawl around on the outside because it's a Hikaleo match. And mm-hmm. back in the ring for a bit, everything looks really good. I'm really tired. Um, commentary steals my Sonata can't hear joke, which I'm fucking pissed about because I've been telling that joke for a long time. And that's, uh, of course, when Sonata gets the plancha and points at his ear. So, uh, <laughs> so there's some really good looking shit where Hikaleo gets snake eyes, big boot, brain buster for two. There's a cool reversal sequence where Sonata suplexes Hikaleo and it looks amazing. So they struggle in the corner and Hikaleo muscles Sonata into the Oklahoma stampede uh, slam. Uh, but the power slam is blocked and Sonata tries um, the deadfall, but that's blocked into a power slam. Shining Wizard and Sonata's in control. Awkward spot leads to an incredible last ride power bomb from uh, Hikaleo for two. That was awesome. And Hikaleo tries the, his finish, but it's immediately countered with deadfall for the win. That match was fine. You know what yeah. I liked more? More than the match? I liked Sonata being like, you know what? Taichi should have been in the main event. You get out of here, buddy. And so they, they, you know, he calls out Taichi. And they celebrate together in the ring. And Chris Charlton sings us out to the Just Five Guys theme. What did you think, Luke, of this match? And what did you think of the first night on the G1? Climax 33. I did like that part at the end. It's like, not only that, it's Taichi's hometown. They got to beat Osprey in his hometown. Put him in the fucking main event. God damn. Sonata was like, yeah, you should be in the main event. Get your ass out here. I like that a lot. I like this main event. Now, of course, we just had like one, like everything from pretty much Ren Shooter was... Uh, up to this point was just absolutely fucking incredible G1 action. But you know what? Hikaleo's, excuse me, he was in the main event. He didn't really botch. Well, his moves looked impressive. He looked impressive. So, you know, that's what I want from a big man. Big, you watch big man matches. How often do they pull out, like, I hate the term, like, like five-star bangers and shit like that, right? Not often, but when you see a good big man do good big man stuff, you're just like, yeah. I like that. There's a spot in that for wrestling, and I like it. So, I don't know. I feel like Hikaleo kind of, like, he had new music. He came out. He looked interesting. 
He, he, he nailed it. No botches. I mean, it's the yeah, same but... new music he's had. Since yeah, I know. You know but at least he's wise enough to be like, uh, maybe uh, maybe no one wants to hear Cutthroat Era three times a night. I mean, so, ain't uh, nobody realer than Gorilla, Luke. So. That's right. So, yeah, um, what I think of the first night of the G1, a uh, bit of a slow start. Yeah, but like you, I agree. It kind of, you know, it does start, start uh, as soon as uh, Shooter and Ren start trying to beat the shit out of each other. What do you think of night one? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, this was on at 4 a.m. for me. Mm. And so I woke up at 3.45 and by the main event, I was just like, I don't care about wrestling anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, had, I, <laughs> but I had a blast, you know, and uh, it was exciting. There's a lot of people on... Um, you know, Twitter, because this was free on New Japan World. Uh, so was the next night as well. So that's, you know, that was fun. And I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. That is what it is, you know. Yep. And uh, here we are. That's not all, everyone. We have a night two here. It's uh, night one of C&D Block, but it is the G1 Clive. It's night two. We're in Hokkaido again. Uh, usually we switch it up who starts and who doesn't, but... I want to do Ishii and Finley, and I, there's a couple of matches coming up that you'll do really great. Uh, if we do it in this order, you'll get Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr., and I want you to talk about that because that's a masterclass, and you'll fucking smash Programming that. Programming note. Yep. So uh, let me start off. It is C Block. It is my shit right here. It is Tomohiro Ishii versus David Finley. This match is never as fuck. Good. It has the Never Champion in it and the Never Goat. So that's what you want. Ishii is amazing in this. Germans, gnarly headbutt. Finley has great fucking offense too. Awesome lariat. That Irish Coast backbreaker is so good. There's only one part of this match that was a little botching, and that's right near the end. Uh, Into the Abyss uh, is not done perfectly the first time, so they do it again. Uh, that's fine. But this match was what I wanted. Dude, we're starved for this kind of stuff. Like, I don't mind... Other- Tanahashi being never champion, you know, Tamatonga being never champion, shit like that. But now I've got a never champion who's like, wants to do the never shit. And I'm happy. I'm so happy about that. And he wants to do never shit against Ishii. Dude, I'm over the moon. My favorite title has finally got a bit of fucking shine back on it. And it's held by a douchebag hill that wants to kill people. Well, it, you know... That title's for bad motherfuckers, and that's what they're trying to make this bull, this bullet club look like. So it's working. I love this match, Mr. Guy. They do all the Ishii stuff, like the the, oh, the club and chops and all that kind of shit. Like Ishii, Ishii might not have won this match, but he his mission statement from the press conference was fulfilled. <laughs> I'm beat the crap out of everyone because he might lose, but he definitely beat the crap out of David Finley. So yeah, <sighs> this is like. If you want, like, what the, the stereotype for Luke shit, it's this. <laughs> right here. I, I loved it. And, uh, in fact, man, that's uh, that's going to be, like, a repeating thing for me with this uh, C block, by the way. It's the never block. But, um, yeah, it's they just they made a block for me, man. And then they had other wrestlers on, on the first night going, oh, Luke's watching. Let's do suplexes. Like, I'm very happy. Good, good. Yeah, this match was awesome. And a mm. couple things about it. One was that, like, it's one of those matches where 
you think they're head to the finish, but they got like five more minutes. And you're like, oh, okay. They just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going like it's a main event. And that was great. That made me happy. Also, the setup for the Oblivion thingy was a fire thunder driver, which is one of my favorite moves ever. Great, <laughs> you know, Rikishi driver, whatever you want to call it. It's just one of the most terrifying yeah. moves ever. Even though it's extremely safe, it's just like it looks crazy. So I love That's that move. I love that that came out. Also, um, fucking Ishii, at one point, he was in desperation. He hit a rocket Kokeshi in this match. That was cool. So <laughs> sure shout did. out Han Mania running wild in the you know opening of night two of the G1. So that was great. Um, but uh, next, Luke, we have a hilarious comedy match. It is uh, Toriyano versus fucking Goto. Fucking Goto. So Yano comes out. He has the local mascot with him. And the mascot is like this like cartoon demon creature, right? And it is going to play a role in this match, which is great. So... So we get these quick roll-ups to start, and they both almost win. And then they go to the outside, and they do the most Irish whip reversals I've ever seen until they're both just gassed. They just keep spinning around each other and yanking each other's arms, but they don't go anywhere. <laughs> and it's, Godo's all dizzy, and so Yano sends him into the guardrails, and Yano sends Godo under the ring, and he's like, go get a mascot, and he pushes the mascot under the ring. And when it comes back <laughs> out, it's it's all dirty. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh. So Yano goes under there too. And we get, it's so funny because the, the camera guys don't know what to like. They can't film. There's nothing to film because everybody's under the ring. So one of the camera guys just points the camera at the ring and we get the snap zoom at the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And we hear all kinds of like rack, racket going on under there. So, so Godo comes out and he's wearing the mascot head. <laughs> for a count out spot he barely gets out of it i mean you know it's so funny when you know when yano would have the the bag on his head which i'm sure will make her appearance this uh, g1 and it's just like just take it off <laughs> you can't you have to feel where you're going you might fall down you know so oh it's yes so he could just take it off easily <laughs> without any problems that's so but fun. Fuck you. Where's the fun in that? I want to see him stumble around with it on like a goof. Get out of here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's great. So uh, go to barely beats the count. And then there's exposed turnbuckle roll up uh, and Yano almost wins. But Yano, he tries a million pins and a low blow, but Goto catches the, you know, punch and, you know, and then uh, he punches, what's this? He hits a kind of like head, oh, some cool looking headbutts to Yano. Very, oh, very kind looking headbutts to Yano, especially yeah. after watching that first match. These were like, oh, it's not really going to hit you. And whereas, uh, you know, we'll talk about headbutts in a later match, uh, the next match. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. So GTR, Goto wins. That was really fun. Yano, after the match, he bows, does the, like, do whatever, the, the like, bowing all the way to the ground thing to the mascot, apologizing. And uh, the mascot has one of his horns ripped off. <laughs> after the match, they just cry. Like, Yano just cries in the post-match. <laughs> <laughs> his plan did not work, but it was tremendous. So that was fun. Uh, the longer a Yano match goes, it runs the risk of uh, becoming, you know, worse. This one didn't. I kind of liked it all the way through. And it's Goto in it, too. So, yeah. Uh, I had a great time watching this. 
And yes, I, I did see uh, Goto come out from underneath the ring and steady the the hat, uh, the, the sorry, the, uh, the giant mask before stumbling around like a goof. And I don't care. I know what he's going for. I know what they're going for, and it's working because it's just ridiculous. And I like ridiculous shit in my wrestling. It's fine. Uh, but uh, speaking of ridiculous, but in a totally different definition of the word. Uh, on paper, I thought Mikey Nichols versus Aaron Hanare would be fine. You know, a solid standard G1 match. Well, I guess they both decided, hey, uh, you want to kill me in the ring? Yeah. You want to kill me in the ring? Yeah, all right. Let's kill each other. Cool. Mate, these two fucking fought like they have some kind of 20-year blood feud or some shit. Like, what the fuck? All right. Hanara, here's how, here's how you do it. Take note, uh, Tamar and Tonga. New look. New music. I love it. The music is, is fucking cool. It's loud and heavy. That's, so that's my shit right there. And <clears throat> I guess we find out why Hanare was totally masked up at the press conference. He wore sunglasses and a mask com- uh, uh, completely covering his mouth, ears, and nose. We find out why. Uh, Mr. Andy... You did a yeah. bit of research about this. I found out about yeah. this last night and then went to sleep. So tell me a bit about uh, Aaron Hanare's uh, tattoos. Well, immediately there was all kinds of like, I guess the, he did this in, in July or June, I think. And uh, so, or yeah, June. So he's hit it, but he did have a match in New Zealand where he revealed it. I guess we just didn't notice because we're mm. not following New Zealand indies, but uh I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Maori, I think, is the name of the. um, Oh wait, okay. So Maori is who? What his his like ethnic group, I guess, is. And Mateora is the name of the face tattoo. And so it's. I learned a little bit about it, and what's cool about it is that it's like. (laughs) That's a big decision. All right. And that's part of the like whole thing. There's articles and a video about it and everything where he, you know, it's they kind of really put over that this is a big decision and something that's really important, not only because, you know, it's he's the first like professional athlete to like carry these in in many years, I think, into the like mainstream or something like that. But also because it fucking hurts really bad. They don't do it like a regular tattoo. It's like done traditionally with like knives and stuff. So it's terrifying. And like there's all these pictures of him getting the tattoo done and his entire family is around him, like holding his hand and like staying near him. I don't know if you do that all in one set. I don't know how that works, but man, it looks fucking terrifying. And it looks terrifying to have happened to you, but it also looks terrifying to look at. Like he looks really scary and it's awesome. So something else I found interesting is that as we've known is that, you know, for a long time, tattoos are extremely taboo in Japan. In fact, there's places you can't go in if you have tattoos, like there's no no tattoos allowed because it's associated with, you know, organized crime and the Yakuza. So 
you know, it's something that I guess is slowly going away. I mean, obviously they had, you know, uh, Bernard Brown or whatever, you know, the uh, Prince, what was his name? The A-Train? You know, yeah, A-Train was there and he had tattoos. And, you know, you, you have guys like Ricochet that have been around that have had tattoos and, and all the TMDK guys had tattoos and stuff. So it's not as taboo as it used to be, but on your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here's here's a little like uh, part of an article here. This article's amazing, and it's it's uh, from a it looks like an Aboriginal newspaper in uh, New Zealand. It says that uh, he's the first in his family. I guess it's it's Wanahu. I don't want to mispronounce this stuff, but in many generations, since since this chief to have the facial uh, tamoka is what they call it. So and it brings a lot more than just visual, spiritual, and emotional changes for Hanari. He must also navigate the land of the rising fun, with, uh, rising fun, rising sun with a visual tattoo, which Japanese uh, view as taboo or connected to gangsters. It's not illegal. Some places in Japan dictate whether people must cover tattoos up before they enter a, pr a premises or be denied from entering, such as restaurants and gyms. But it's not a problem for someone answering the call of his ancestors. Inari has already given his company, New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, the heads up about the uh, tattoos with the acceptance uh, with its acceptance uh, and will compete inside the ring without any fear of being denied through the door when he returns in August. Um, so I, I find that part fairly interesting. If you want to learn more, uh, just Google Hanare and then uh, the word uh, M-A-T-A-O-R-A -A -A, and you'll learn all kinds of stuff. It's really fascinating. And man, you know, we've talked about wrestlers in New Japan that need a new coat of paint. Hanari has done this more than once. You know, he's willing to change. He's willing to, you know, change. And and I like that New Japan, they obviously love him. They've given him so much rope, you know, over the years. And he's one of these guys that is always going to be around, hopefully. It's really cool that they let him do that. I don't know. I, I love this. Yeah, they keep giving him rope and he still hasn't hung himself. So that's, that's an awesome sign. Uh, I think he gets better over time. I see his new look. My first reaction was, oh, my God, Hanare is going to kill people. Yeah. So... <laughs> in terms of, I know he's doing this not not for a wrestling gimmick. I know it's a, a very personal thing for him, but in terms of a of me, a consumer of wrestling, to see that, uh, and with his badass, I'm gonna murder you gimmick. Uh huh. I just like, you know, if I if I was in prison, uh, he'd be the person I'd punch first, uh, <laughs> or buddy up to first, so you know I wouldn't get hurt or anything like that. So. Um, he looks amazing. I, I'm, I'm, it's great. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know really what to say about it because I'm a white dude and I don't know much about this kind of stuff. So, but it's fucking, it's, it's cool. Uh, it's a big change. It took me by surprise. And, but my initial thoughts were like, he's going to kill people. I kind of love it. Uh, and I do. It's something new that I haven't seen before. And you're right. This guy if he was, to, I could easily see him doing a promo with the freaking BC killers. And it sounds pretty much like the same thing. I've been bending my ass back. You know, he's had those kind of promos, you know, I've done all this stuff. Where's my spot and all this kind of shit. Hanar is amazing. And he's such a nice dude when you meet him. Like, I mean, yeah. he's got me blocked on Twitter, so I'll never meet him. But uh, <laughs> I, I think also there's this like thing that, you know, in your in your mind, you look at a guy like that and you go, if he's willing to do that to his face, 
what's he willing to do to my face? Exactly. And let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the match. Because for the first five minutes of this match, I am thinking, hey, Mikey, dude, look, just stay down. you got like eight more <laughs> matches. It's fine. Like, I feel like this man's going to absolutely tear you to pieces. Just to stay down, dude. <laughs> and that's that's a good way because it, it means to me, like, Mikey's bumping and selling well and Hanare's just fucking his shit up. Now, I'm enjoying the, the match. It's solid. It, it, it's what I expected. I'm still, like, getting caught up in it because I'm seeing this new York Hanare and he's, like, murdering a dude in the ring. But then they, then they decide, you know what? Let's just... Let's just both go for it. Let's just both just tear it up and beat the shit out of each other because there is probably one of the more gnarly-looking headbutt spots that I've seen in a New Japan Pro Wrestling match um, like since Shibata had to retire, right? Yeah. These two, like, it looked good, but... Don't do it again for us to tournament. <laughs> please, please. Yeah. You know, don't. I don't mind. Like every now and again, that's fine. But more than that, like I, I, like it. It. I'm watching it and I'm like, oh fuck, that was awesome. Then they keep headbutting each other. I'm like, all right, all right, stop. Just one or two of those. That's it. That's it. You don't need to do the fucking. Oh, they're doing it. Oh shit, Mikey's fucking busted open. Oh shit. And I'm, I'm like, oh, little un comfortable but i guess like i don't know they took me these two took me places i didn't expect and the only thing i didn't like was maybe the finish because i was hoping killer hanare with the uh, new new uh well the new hanare would win uh but uh there's a uh, theme in this tournament like uh hey you got a new look and new music you lose <laughs> a couple of times but uh Oh, I I don't mind the the bot the finish is a little botchy and it looked like Hanari was gonna well he did land on his head but uh, thankfully he's okay and uh, thankfully so is Mikey I guess but uh, yeah Mikey on two Hanari zero this match took me places I didn't expect Mr Guy uh, both in terms of like I don't know learning new things about other cultures and things like that and then. Just seeing an Aussie and a New Zealander just decide to cave each other's fucking faces in. Uh, it's not the best match I've ever seen, but it's really good, if you know what I mean. What did you think? I don't think I liked it as much as everybody else, because uh, I yeah. just, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, I don't think it was great other than the, like, amazing physicality you know what i mean in fact mm -hmm. at some points it like was ground to a screeching halt and the pace was just brutally slow which i'm not mad about but something i noticed in this match that i also noticed in the ishi match is that like guys are hyped and so it's like when when they're taking moves they're kind of rotating a little further than they normally would they're flipping a little higher than they normally would and so like remember ishi kept getting thrown around and when he did he'd land on like his shoulder or his side instead of his back and stuff like that that's kind of how hanari took that uh you know that modified uh you know flosion move or whatever i guess it's called master blaster and that you know, kind of helped him <laughs> because he landed on his shoulder and not directly on his head. I thought that move looked awesome, and I thought he it looked safe to me. The person I yeah. was more worried about was uh, Nichols because, like, he looked fucking pissed. 
Like when, like after the headbutt spot, he was like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> so like shit got a little real after that in a way. And I would not be surprised to find out that, uh, you know, there was like one eighth shoot going on in that match. So, uh, yeah, anyway. the color did look unexpected, didn't it? Like, yeah, uh, he, he, you know he what I appreciated? Yeah. I appreciate about Nichols is uh, when you're bleeding, like the normal human reaction is to go, oh, wipe that. Oh, I'm going to wipe it off, clean my face. Uh, no, in wrestling, you start bleeding, you let it drip because it looks awesome. And uh, he kind of did. And then uh, Hanare looked like even more of a badass because he's got freaking Mikey Nichols blood on his face mixed with the tattoos. And I'm just like, man, that is a freaking cool visual. That is just so cool. So, yeah, it's not the best match I've ever seen. But I expected it just to be there. Instead, they took me places I didn't expect. So in that respect, like, I, I'm allowed this. It was good. It, it was something different. So, um, you know, also, I, I did want to mention that Fujita came out with Mikey Nichols, and here he is coming out for the second time tonight because the next match is Shane Haste with Fujita versus Alex C. All right. So, <laughs> this is something else here. So, Alex C, he attacks first, of course. He beats up Shane Haste, and Shane Haste tries to dive, but Alex catches him and starts heat on the floor all over the place. And there's an awesome, super deadlift, gut-rich suplex from Alex. That's just like one of the greatest suplexes you'll ever see. It's incredible. So that was awesome. Shane Hayes comes back with a Saito suplex and kicks. His whole match is power moves mostly. And Alex does yeah. some more to cut uh, Shane Hayes off. Uh, there's some near falls. They go back and forth on the floor. And Alex throws chairs in the ring. And Kenta Sato stops him uh, from using the belt. And but haste uses this distraction to suplex Alex onto the chairs that were laying in the ring uh, and gets the pin for the win. And so TMDK so far is undefeated tonight. We'll see if they stay that way. I think that, you know, this was good, but I think that an interesting thing about Gabe Kidd and Alex C is that they're not here to win. Like that's what Alex C said in, after the match. He's like, I'm not here to win. I'm here to kill all of you. So it's like it's great. And uh, I like that because they could, they're they probably going to lose a bunch of matches in this tournament. They're replacement, they're replacement guys, so expect the jobbing to, right. to begin. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because, you know, they're, that's not their mission. Their mission is to kill everyone. So <laughs> they're going to try. And uh, I, I thought this was pretty good. I think that, um, you know, it, it kind of like because we had that just such a crazy match right before it, you know, the, the, you know, Alex C versus Shane Hayes wasn't as shocking. It didn't have that shocking effect to it. It was just yeah, a match, true. but uh, I, it was a very good match. So. I would just want to point out that, all right, Alex, Mr. Dude, Mr. Alex C. I, I like you, man. You're great. Promos are good. Super gut wrench suplex. I mean, come on, super deadlift gut wrench suplex. Sorry. Like, Amazing German suplexes and a Death Valley driver. Like, you're one of my dudes. It's true. But uh, you want to learn how to uh, bring chairs and, and shit out and cheat? Just watch any Kenta match for the last, like, since he joined Bullet Club. And you know, watch a couple of those. You'll be fine. Because uh, he's doing well in this match. And suddenly he's like, I can be dumber than Wato. <laughs> Why are you going out to get the chairs and shit? 
You're suplexing Shane Hayes all over the place. Get the fuck back in there. Jobs. I'm like, come on, come on, man. I, I like the match, but uh, that that section was a little silly. But yes, a good match nonetheless. Uh, yeah, man. Jesus Christ, this is. I had to watch this twice because uh, my dad decided to uh, call me while this match was. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Dad, I'm watching wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's probably a phrase he's heard uh, since I was 15. Dad, get out of here. It's a pay-per-view. <laughs> Can't pause it, Dad. <laughs> Can't you pause it? It's a fucking pay-per-view. It's live. Get out of here. All right, so it is uh, Eddie Kingston versus... I watched this twice, so it's all good. So it's Eddie Kingston versus Shingo Takagi. Oh, man. C-Block's my block. What is going on here? He, the style of this match... Is the kind of it's it's a bit neverish. It's a little King's Roadie as well because that's Eddie's stuff. It is. Uh, hey, hit me. Cool. Now I'm gonna hit you. Let's trade blows. The match, like the whole thing. They just <laughs> trade blows, and then one of them will catch the other one in a in a blow they don't expect, and just be like, ah, oh, shit. You know, straight away Shingo's just like, ah, oh, you think you're tough? You love Jap- Japan, Japanese wrestling, huh? You think you're tough? Straight away, they're chest bumping, like, let's fucking go. Off the ropes, boom. Kenta, uh, sorry. Um, Shingo starts with the chops, and Eddie's just like, all right, the straps are coming down. Let's go. Hit me. <laughs> and they just keep hitting each other. And then Eddie catches him by surprise uh, with a back fist. I love doing the back for this move in uh, in the game too, by the way. Yeah, fight forever. Or forever fight. Anyway, and uh, the back, fl- back fist hits him, clips. It clips him on the ear, Shingo. And because it's all cauliflower and stuff, he's like, oh, shit. Oh, and he really fucking sells that. <laughs> so that becomes something that will come back later on in the match. He'll get caught there a couple more times. And <sighs> it's just. It's just like a simple match of two badasses going, let's hit each other and see who can take the most before the finish. And I get some suplexes, of course. I get some lovely Germans by Mr. Shingo. I get a really cool exploders by Mr. Eddie Kingston. I get lots of strikes and slaps, and it's just fucking incredible. Like, even and Shingo's like, oh, yeah, like, you think you're tough, I'll, I'll give you the shitty kicks to the face. Come on, man. You ready? You want more? Get up. <laughs> and Eddie's all pissed off going like, yeah, all right. Fucking, let's go. Give me more. Give me fucking more. And they go fucking slap and chop and hit each other again. So, um, like, some of those, the way Eddie does his chops isn't uh, a style you see for lots of lots and lots of wrestlers. I don't know the way he kind of does it. Man, they're loud. I'm, I'm sure they're painful as well, but they're fucking loud, which is the uh, the important thing. And they look gnarly as fucking hell. He and uses, goes, like, his whole you. arm. He uses, like, his whole arm. Yeah. You know, which is, is different, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it was just my jam. And, yes, I know Eddie's got a title now and he's new, but it's still Shingo. So a Shingo match means you don't know who's winning this match. That's what That's I love true. about Shingo matches. And here we go. Northern Lights bomb. 
By the, by the way, before Eddie puts the Northern Lights bomb on to win, Shingo does one himself, and Eddie's pissed off and gets <laughs> up and won. So you got your you got your uh, tough guy one kick out spots, you know, all that kind of stuff. It is, it's my shit. I like the Northern Lights bomb for for Eddie as well. It's a pretty damn good move, and uh, he he gets his first two points in his first G1 match against fucking one of the baddest motherfuckers in wrestling, Shingo Takagi. I loved it. It's my jam. What do you think of this? I It's exactly what you thought it was going to be. I mean, you know, <laughs> Eddie Kingston's going to be who we think he is. That's what he's going to do, and that's what he does in this match. It's great. He's even, like, at one point selling his arm from the, the match, the other match he had, you know, and, and, and like, I don't know. It's just, it's great. Uh, what was it, Kenta, the match versus Kenta? So he's selling his arm even from that. I think I look at Ken, Eddie Kingston. And you look at a guy like him, and you know he's probably never once stepped in the gym. You know, he he probably still smokes cigarettes <laughs> and, and God knows what else. And, like, I just I, – I don't know. I was looking at him watching this match, and I was thinking about Kevin uh, Steen, you know, Kevin Owens, and about how, like, those two are so similar because they're both just, like, absolute naturals at wrestling. They, they don't have to practice. They're just great at it, you know, and it makes you just wonder – like, what would have happened if they're, you know, like if Eddie Kingston would have uh, gotten into that spot? And I, I don't know. I just it's just I, I started thinking about stuff like that because I just I think they're very similar wrestlers and uh, they're just those guys that you can't take your eyes off them. And I just love it because Eddie's arms don't look strong. He does not look like no. he's in shape, but he's a fucking badass. And like somebody needs to get him a belly cave over. Come on, man. Get get like get get a, a giant belt like Ishii has. You know, it looked Dude, great. You know, <laughs> as a gentleman that has a belly, and it doesn't matter how much I lose weight or gain weight, like or if I gain weight, it's going there. But if I lose weight, it, it's two places it's not going from, and it's my bloody double fucking McTriple chin, and it's my gut. <laughs> like, why do you have chicken legs? Yeah, because my belly fat won't burn. So, someone growing up watching wrestling from a teenager like i like a lot of different wrestlers and i like I like the in shape guys you know but i uh, vader i was like the first time i saw vader i was like whoa first time i saw mick foley you know i mean sure they're much taller than i am like i'm i'm tom cruise height uh just to put that in perspective but to see some dudes with a bit of belly and they might not look like the most muscular but like Look at the shit they can do. I don't know. It always made me feel pretty, pretty happy. And so it's nice to see someone like that in the in, in the New Japan's kicking ass too. But you think he needs a girdle belt like Ishii? Eh, yeah. <laughs> That's why. I mean, so I don't know if you know this. There's, a, there's kind of like a thing that Eddie's – I don't know if this has made it to AEW. People know about this. But, like, the always the rip on Eddie was that he doesn't always try hard. And that is a fact. <laughs> so, like, you would always say, oh, who's showing up tonight? Is it ba- is it basketball shorts Eddie or is it gear Eddie? Right. So, you know, gear Eddie shows up, you know, he's there to work. Basketball shorts Eddie shows up. I don't know. It's maybe not going to be his best work. (laughs) (laughs) It's just great because we're going to get gear Eddie this whole time. Obviously, he's been gear Eddie since he started with AEW. And I'm so glad that, you know, the world gets to see gear Eddie. But uh, pretty cool. Uh, Next, Luke, is the best match at the G1 so far. Everybody can fuck off. This is like high, high. 
This is one of the greatest things agree. ever. That's it's incredible. Oh my god. So it, and also I would say this is maybe the most you know New Japan match that we've seen so far too. You know, two established mm. New Japan guys. Nobody's debuting. There's no new shit going on here. It's an old feud that fucking is continuing. So it is Zack Saber Jr. out with Fujita, of course, for the third time. Fujita got three <laughs> entrances tonight, and you know, Broken Arm Young Lion and Bolton Oleg and Oscar sitting there like, again, fuck you. But it's it's Zack Saber Jr. versus Tanahashi in the opening round of the G1 climax. Tanahashi has new gear. He has his arms covered up with very, they're admittedly very cool sleeves, but what do, why? That's like, like his arms are one of the coolest parts of him and he's got them covered up. Is that, does that, are they atrophying? That makes me sad. But anyway, that's not why, you know, we're here to, what we're here to talk about, but Fujita again out for the third time. Zack Sabre Jr. He gets holds on Tanahashi right away and Tanahashi gets some on Zack Sabre Jr. and Zack Sabre Jr. flips out of the hold. Uh, like he kips up and like kind of flips out of the hold, lands on his feet, and he walks over and is like, Kevin Kelly, I haven't done that for 10 years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Okay, so here's one of the things that is, well, a couple things awesome about this match. When they do moves, it's extremely smooth and incredible and everything looks just as good as it gets. But when they're not doing moves, they are both so charismatic. They get crowd reactions from everything they do. And it's just, they don't even have to do anything. And they just stand there and the crowd's like, yeah, you know, so it's awesome. I'm also sitting on my couch going, yeah. So it's great. There's a big uppercut, uppercut battle. And uh, then they're back to back locked in a like switching arms okay so they're back to back locked arms and they keep switching them over and over again oh. and it's a comedy it's a comedy spot right in the middle of this very serious match and they, yes. everyone's just <laughs> laughing and it's this is what i'm talking about it's great so tanahashi <clears throat> he's like oh i see you have an arm there zack saber jr well i would like to claim that so he starts breaking uh zack saber jr's arm and gets some fuck your arm offense they roll around during this part and it is just I, 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 it is so great. So great. I, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's amazing. So Zack Sabre Jr. like sends Tanahashi through the ropes. He's standing on the ropes based away from the ring. And Zack Sabre Jr. runs up on him and puts a choke on him out of nowhere. But then what do we got here? We finally got the story. Here's what's going on. Zack Sabre Jr. is wrestling like Tanahashi. Tanahashi's wrestling like Zack Sabre Jr. So uh, Zack Sabre Jr. gets uh, Tanahashi on the apron there, hits the Canadian dragon screw leg whip, and starts some fuck your, uh, fuck your leg. So <clears throat> I love that. It's also, you know, it, it's just interesting because it wasn't that long ago that Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. spent an entire summer just dragon screw leg whipping Tanahashi. So <laughs> he knows how to do it and it's great. So I love that. Let's see here. So um, Zach sells his arm from the damage that Tanahashi did earlier. Every time he does anything that involves it, it's great. Shitty kicks and they trade strikes. Tanahashi goes for the somersault senton and Zach Sabre Jr. gets away. So here comes, so this is so great. So Tanahashi's sitting in the corner and here comes uh, Zach Sabre Jr. to try to like get him. And so Tanahashi puts the fucking double wrist lock on him, the same one that he taught Fujita, the same one that's Kushida's finish that we don't, nobody cares about anymore. And then that sets up 
the, so that he can then do the somersault senton. Fucking awesome, man. Uh, they struggle over Cobra Twist, and they both break out with Zack Sabre Jr. scoring a basement dropkick to Tanahashi's leg, which is absolutely a Tanahashi thing to do. Another dragon screw. Zack Sabre Jr. tries the cloverleaf, but Tanahashi counters with a triangle, which is just, you know, it's the <laughs> same spot, but the reverse that they would normally do. So dragon screw on Tanahashi again. Zack Sabre Jr. uses Tanahashi's style against him. Tanahashi almost taps when Zack Sabre Jr. gets this like crazy heel hook thing in. Tanahashi catches a PK and hits twist and shout. Dragon screw arm whips from Tanahashi. He's oh, yeah. like, I'm going to wrestle like you, but I'm going to wrestle like me. It's great. So Zack Sabre Jr. sneaks up on Tanahashi while he's firing up and chokes him, but he only has one arm to do it. So it doesn't quite work. And they trade basement drop kicks and Tanahashi gets a sling blade, high fly flow, but roll through quick PK from Zack Sabre Jr. for two Zack drivers countered by a rolling cross arm breaker. And it's beautiful. And Zack Sabre Jr. gets out. Tanahashi gets right back on, but Zack rolls him over and traps him and pushes down and has it cinched in completely. And he traps Tanahashi, uh, you know, his shoulders against the mat while he's trying to put that arm bar in, gets the pinfall victory. Another different finish for Zack Sabre Jr. in the best match of the tournament so far. is incredible. So uh, when, when we say that uh, Shooter... And Ren, that's their first match together, and that's just a tease, like a taste of what they, those guys are going to do over the years. Yeah, they're going to do stuff like this in about a decade's time. Like, just have a complete masterclass. You, like, you watch this match, and you'll think, did they do that old sci-fi trope where they switch bodies or something? Like, because these two guys, not only do they know each other well, they use the fact that they know each other well to kind of build the match and just <laughs> I'm going to do your stuff, but you're right. I'm going to put my instinct on it. Dragon scrum whips, stuff like that. I love the fucking finish is amazing. Arm breaker. No, my version. No, my version. No, my version. No, I'm going to do it. Fine. Try to put my, fine. You can put an arm breaker on me. Uh, I'm just going to pin you first. And he wouldn't let go, or he couldn't let go, because he was trapped by Zack Sabre Jr. in that pin. What a clever finish. Oh, this match was amazing. I, I, one of my early memories of watching the G1 is 2017 and watching Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. won, but this match is a million times better. It's not because that match was bad, it's just... Zack Sabre Jr. Is, has become, <laughs> since 2017 to now, he's like one of the best wrestlers in the world. He was already very good in that, you know, in, in 2017. But now he sells better. He's in rings even better. He can. He's, he's not just a submission boy. He's added strikes and other things. And he's got the psychology. Him, him and Tanahashi look like they were having a blast just coming up with this shit to do to each other. It looked like they had fun, even though they had each other in, in kayfabe and all that shit. It worked. I loved it, too. Just a hey, masterclass, dude. You remember that time that Spock and Dupring changed bodies on Strange New Worlds? That shit was yes. Awesome. I love that. Just... <laughs> dude, dude, is, is it the same writer? The same writer who's thinking, like, you know what Star Trek needs more of? They need needs more comedy Vulcan episodes. Because there's <laughs> one in season one, there's one in season two, and they're both fucking incredible. 
without making without making the Vulcans look like jokes as well. I mean, they do have some jokes, but you know, you know what I mean. Man, uh, Dupring's dad is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> this yeah. Vulcan food looks really good, Mister Pike. It's got salt on it, says his wife, and he he knows oh. the uh, he knows the saying: "Happy wife, happy happy life." Unfortunately for him, <laughs> his wife's never happy. So, uh, ouch. Anyway, bit of strange new worlds. Hey, it's like uh, like when we first started the show, we'd be like random Star Trek talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned but, body switching, and I figured Tanahashi, yeah. Zack Saber Jr., Spock, Dupring. I mean, the hair matches. <laughs> Oh, it just uh, gets uh, Spock in a bit of, bit of blonde, and yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, so C-Block action now. It is Tamatonga versus Evil, and I'm like, all right, we haven't seen Tama for a while. He got stretched out. Maybe it's time for some new music and stuff. No, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop beating that dead horse. I like this match. It's just, how long is it? Because I would have shaved about five to eight minutes from it. Uh most because of the spot it's in. Like, it's an evil match. And if it's going to be an evil mega cheaty match, it doesn't really need to be that long. But it's fine. Uh, I'd have put, you know, maybe a ton into this. It, it's really hard too, Andy, because I just watched what I considered to be like a technical master class of pro wrestling. It's like the kind of match that only two dudes who have been wrestling for a very long time and for a very long time against each other kind of pull off. And I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm having fun with it, but I'm like, all right. Yeah, come on. Wrap this up. So, Luke, the Ta- Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. was 16 minutes and nine seconds. How long do you think Tama Tonga versus Evil was? I don't know, maybe 14 minutes? It was the longest match of the night at 17 minutes and 34 seconds. Really? The, ma- the main event was only 14 minutes. So. Yeah, no, nah, look. I, I love me some evil. I love me some evil. Everyone knows that. I'm like the only one, or maybe you are too. And I, I like me some Tama, but it was it was like the Yoshi ELP thing. Like this match is just not fully clicking for me. I'm also kind of disappointed with evil. I'm like, dude, where's show? Ah, oh, show's probably off doing bodybuilding stuff. So that's probably why he's not. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Uh, look, as long as it's uh, Junkus or something, so. yeah, <laughs> he might be booked. Uh, right. Yeah, that that's true. I know Pimpy's probably sitting around at home going, "Why didn't I get put in the G one?" Like, <laughs> no one cares, you, Pimpy. You know why, Pimpy? <clears throat> but I, what I do like about this match, though, is yes, you get the evil cheating spots, but uh, he decides to put in some major bumps, which is no surprise. But also, you know, he gets some fucking power moves and shit in as well. I liked it. This match is fine. It's just too long and probably too late in the show for it to have held, uh, taken place. Uh, but low blow, everything is evil, and I'm the only one on the Tweety who's like, evil, yeah. I get other people who's just like, evil matches are not for me. I don't like this evil. Where's the old evil? I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. This evil looks like he loves what he does, and I feed off that. And I drink all of your haters' tears. Ah. Anyway. Uh, it was fine. Evil 2. At least Evil 1. I was happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I got some stuff to say about this. There, You know, we got a problem here, okay? You, are, you already mentioned the match order, you know, which I know it's difficult and we don't make yeah. match cards. But at the same time, this definitely should not have been after Tashi versus Saxon. Anyway, right. um, 
you know, we get this thing that happens in this match at the beginning where evil's like, oh, I'm going to throw you into the chairs. But it's tame because we've already seen Gabe Kidd just fucking murder dudes into the chairs. And so yeah. this is kind of nicely kind of like, oh, here you go. Have a seat on this chair. And I mean, it just looks like shit in comparison. Now, I'm not mad at them. I'm not trying to run into a bunch of chairs like those maniacs are doing in those other matches. But it's <laughs> But if if two people are doing it on the same show, I mean, come on, man, you got to figure out how to mm-hmm. balance that a little bit. That's like glaring issue. Now, here's not an issue with this match is the crowd, fucking awesome. The crowd was amazing in this match. They booed so much, and when Dick Togo finally got in, you know, like he they've been trying to do their shit the whole night, and finally they got a ref bump and. It was, you know, and and here comes Dick Togo. He gets in the ring, and they a giant go home chant from the crowd. Maybe the loudest reaction of the night, and they just boo the shit out of him. That was awesome. Love but it. One more problem, Luke. How many times have we seen the same finish, where it's oh he's, you know, Tomatonga. Here he is. He's 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 all fired up. But oh no, the manager eats the gun stun. And then, you know, you only have the one gun stun, right? So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm so bored with Tomatonka. I just am. I'm sorry. He has the same match every time. (laughs) I'm tired of it. I just want to see a different match. I love his moveset. Uh, But you shouldn't be finishing match. You're not in Bullet Club anymore. You don't need the gun stun. What's, what's, you got the DVD bomb or the Supreme Flow. Use one of those as the finisher. It, they look cooler and different than the gun stun. And I'm sick of gun stun reversals. Stop doing that move. Yeah, yeah they weren't even facing the right way. You're not in Bullet Club. <laughs> they were facing the wrong way. So we got to look at their backs while they did the the dumb, you know, uh, thing. And what we're talking about is where, you know, it happens usually 800 times a match. They only did it once, I think, in this match. Thank goodness. Mm. It's where, you know, Tomatonga, he's about to hit the gun stun. He's done the big thing. And they built you up to it. And then he hits it. But no, the guy just kind of holds on. He just kind of holds on. And then they slowly get up. It's like, don't. You can't follow up big, like, high spots that you've intentionally and artificially sometimes built to and with something slow. You can't. That's just like, it's just always just like, oh, oh. It's kind of like when, <laughs> what's his name? Um, uh, who's my favorite uh, luchador from, you know, CMLL, where he runs in the corner and does a lariat and just yeah, falls out of the ring. And then slowly kind of like gets back in the ring. Like, what's this? So anyway, um, I was, I'm really glad Eva won. I think Tama Tonga is an excellent wrestler and he does so what he I. does well. It's just, I don't know how many times I, I you know, I don't know. We've said it. We both beat the dead horse enough. I think. I feel like you and I are both dying to have Tama Tonga click for us. And for whatever reason, he's not fully clicking. It, it, he's yeah. just not. And I feel like, like he even had two shots with the never thing. And I'm like, that's a good start. Let's say, it. let's go, let's go. And it's just, even still, we couldn't like, I don't know, man, we, we want to believe, but so far we do not. Yeah. Awesome. What's the main event? And the main event is Jeff Cobb versus Nido and what Jeff Cobb's never beat Nido. Is that right? And, um, I, I think feel so, yeah. like that 
I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of history between these two that I just cannot remember for some reason, you know, and I know it's there. So commentary fills us in quite a bit, but uh, this is really awesome. There's all kinds of mind games. Jeff Cobb's gotten really good at the mind games part of wrestling. And when you pair him up with a guy like Naito, he it's just that part of it is wonderful. So like it starts out Naito's like, Hey, you want to join LIJ? (laughs) Cobb's like, no, I'm going to do my surfer dude thing. And then he's like, I'm in the United empire. So Naito's like, well, fuck you then. He kicks him. He sends Cobb to the outside. He goes running into the ropes. He's going to do the tranquilo pose, but no, Cobb just grabs his leg. And that's the first example of Cobb just being one step ahead of Naito when it comes to the, like, mind game stuff, right? Next time, Naito tries the combination cab row, but no, Cobb just catches him and hits this, like, tremendous drop kick. It's like, (laughs) what? And and uh, that was actually I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Kevin Kelly stole uh, my line at that point. You know, Jeff Cobb hits that. The crowd goes, "Ooh!" And Kevin Kelly goes, "Come on, man! <laughs> like, like that's not fair. That's what he said." Dude, <laughs> so, dude. Not yeah. only did Kevin say, "Come on, man!" Uh, during Alex C and Shane Haste, I hear Chris Charlton go, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Which mean, is exactly we, what I was thinking yes. when Alex C went to the outside, but yeah. We made up those sentences. No one else can say them. So. <laughs> we popularized them, goddammit. Oh, certainly, certainly it was us. But uh, yes, Cobb, uh, <laughs> so then Cobb does that drop kick, sends Naito to the outside. Okay, Cobb hit the ropes. He's going to do it. I know, Tranquilo fake out from him. Although he's one step ahead of Naito again. You know, it's great. So Cobb foils more of Naito's stuff and, you know, hits his sweet stalling suplex. We get a Cobb in nation cabron from Cobb where he hits the same move. It's great. And Naito can't get anything going until he cheats by pulling Jeff Cobb's hair. So that's great. And Naito gets some of his shit in, including uh, a a jerky combination cabron, the one where he stops and waits for you to cover your face and then kicks you in the face. (laughs) He puts his like, (laughs) he puts his like leg full Nelson thing on and can't remember how to get out of it. You know, all the hits. So Cobb picks Naito up for uh, from that position, though, somehow that's wild. So like he has Naito has him in that, like, you know, full Nelson with the legs and somehow Cobb picks him up. (laughs) It's like, what? How did that happen? It's amazing. So Naito, finally, he relies on the old faithful, goes with the elbows and he tries the Frankensteiner, Luke. But no huge and I mean huge second row powerbomb from Jeff Cobb. And what's great, okay, remember what I just talked about? You've, you've had this huge high spot. What do you follow it up with? So he hits that giant move, pins Naito for two, doesn't stop immediately, moonsault for two. That's how you follow up a giant spot like that. Man, great stuff. So there's a really bad-looking <laughs> Hurricane Rana, though, from Naito, and a DDT uh, to gain control for him again. Fast reversals uh, left and right, and Naito sneaks in Destino out of nowhere. He's going for a second when he knows he's going to need two, but no tour of the islands, but Cobb can't get the pin and we get awesome. Like it's like a double count out uh, 10, you know, uh, standing Kentown spot. So more reversals and Nido fires up after a huge German suplex from Cobb, but Cobb takes him, takes him for another tour. Oh, he takes it for another tour. And this time he gets the pin. So 
I love this match. It was short. Yeah. It was like 14 minutes. It, you know, I would have liked a much longer match from these two, but at the same time, I like this one a lot. And after the match, Cobb does an LIJ style roll call, but you know, he says all the United Empire people, and uh, he stomps on Naito's hat. You know, it's interesting you point out that like Cobb's really good. He's got lots of charisma, so he's amazing in the ring, like in-ring skills, great. His charisma in the ring and also his ability to kind of like fuck with the other guy, like, oh, you do the combination, Cabron? I'm going to do that. Oh, you do this move? I'm going to do that, you know, depending on who he's wrestling. Just don't hand him a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but he's primarily at the post-match where he does the LIJ fist bump thing. That was great. So, you know, he can he can do it when he when he wants to, but... Man, his positives are just like like he's just got a really good personality. Some people just like you know cloth when they talk. That's it's fine. It happens. <laughs> this match is yeah. it's fine. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> I do it all the time. Like this whole <laughs> time I'm being like then Naito and versus the shit up shit you know Jeff Cobb. Yeah, I do that all the time. Doesn't matter. You know that's why I'm allowed to tease him for it because I do it. Mm-hmm. Yay! Right. And you have to listen to it for two hours. Woo! <laughs> this match is great, by the way, as I knew it would be, but it's still surreal and weird to me to watch a Naito G1 match and it's not 25 minutes plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, it's weird for me to watch Naito and Akata matches that are going to have to be regularly under 20 minutes because uh, both of those guys like their room to breathe and they like to kind of. You know, that's how the sale operate. It's fine. So I think I have to shift things into a faster gear. This was a great main event. I... Yeah, I, I didn't expect Naito to lose, actually. I, I know it's night one and it happens, but I don't know. Usually, I feel like... My brain, my brain's already into, like, all right, I know they're doing this whole young movement and uh, they're bringing new faces, they're doing new team, all this stuff. And they had a new person win the best of the Super Juniors, but I'm like, this is their G1, babe, and this is their, like, mega baby. Like, is, is, is it going to be someone new, or is it going to be a Naito or an Akata that's just going to win this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that it it would be cool for someone like the Okada to put somebody over in the finals, or Naito, or whoever, you mm. know, one new but then again i mean is it like will osprey's got to win the g1 at some point right you know i, I so agree like, but it won't it won't be this year because he's got the u.s title but uh yeah but i You're agree right. he has to win one this one year yeah Whew. but uh man so you asked me what i thought about night one so i will ask you what you thought about night two I liked it much better than night one. So um, even though it was it was on at 1 a.m. for me and somehow I just kind of woke up and watched it without any coffee and went right back to bed afterwards. And like, I swear to God, I don't feel weird at all right now. Not one bit. Um, But uh, I thought it was much, you know, it had more memorable moments. I'm not going to forget Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tanahashi. We're not going to forget, you know, the uh, EC versus Finley match. We're also... Not gonna, you know, forget Hanare. Mikey Hanare. You know? Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of like a big deal. Um, Goto with the silliness was fun, and I I think you know we Eddie Kingston making his debut and getting his first big win versus on you know night one 
Taichi getting the big win, you know, Kiyomiya getting a win, and the Renarita versus Shota Umino. They both had moments. I just kind of thought the second one had more moments. More than consistent. I felt. I, yeah, I had it. So, you know, we'll see. I, you know, we're we got a lot of shows to cover. There's almost 300 matches in this tournament, so you know, um, oh. we're gonna we're gonna be covering lots of matches and. You know, uh, we get a day off coming up, and then I guess the show resumes on Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'll figure that out. And some notable matches ups from the next show. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. There you go. Well, from the next show, which will be Tuesday, or I don't know. It'll be the Tomorrow. day that it's on. Um, we have Taichi versus Tonga Loa. And the reason I find that fascinating is will the Iron Finger show up? Because... Just saying, you know, it could happen. Um, also, uh, this kind of the match probably that we'll be looking back on is something that was important. Renderita versus Yosuji <laughs> in their first oh, match. Oh, shit. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously something that, uh, well, I don't even want to talk about Yoshihashi versus Will Ospreay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we have Sonata versus Shota Umino, too, and some other matchups that'll be fun. Great Okan versus uh, Kenta will be extremely silly. And I can't wait to see that. But, uh, you know, Taichi versus Tongaloa and Renarita versus Yodosuji. Those are the ones I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to a little Okada elephant has mode. Look at me looking forward to Okada matches. Uh, ELP is losing, but uh, it's going to be an awesome <laughs> match. <laughs> Sonata Shooter would be fun. Uh, <clears throat> Taichi Tongaloa will be... Yeah, you're right. It'll, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to watch. I, yeah, and uh, hopefully Kato Kiyomiya will uh, be in the shortest match of the night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I like Chase's OF offense a lot, so he's a good in ring wrestler. I just never want him to win. That's that's just the way I am. Well, he's got to bring out the powder, you know, and all that silly shit he did last year, the like Memphis style stuff. That was really fun. Yeah. You know, so I hope he does that again this year. Um, you know, because that I don't know. I found that to be a fun wrinkle to his shit. So agreed. Man, is he lucky to be in the gym this year? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that that spot could have gone to anyone. It could have been like Archer could have taken that spot. Like the heaps of guys could have. By the way, um, I haven't even seen Kyle Fletcher on AEW TV for weeks. So I just thought I'd point that. Well, out. he just gets signed by AEW, and we never see you again. But, uh, Luke, the Wednesday show, uh, the second show this week, will open up with Yano versus Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> <laughs> so this this show has some awesome matches on it. How about Jeff Cobb versus Alex C? Who's stronger? We're going to find out. Eddie Kingston versus Evil. I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> so because Eddie Kingston ain't going to fall for that bullshit, dude. Uh you know, we also have Shingo Takage in a rematch versus Aaron Hanare. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, please. They're both going to die. Uh, and then the main event is Ishii versus Tamatanga, which is sweet. Okay. That'll be a pretty good main event. It'll, uh, by the way, go Ishii. If you if you were to ask me at the start of this tournament if I was excited for this man, no offense to this guy, I would have said no. But uh, color me intrigued by the idea of David Finley versus Mikey Nichols. Yeah. 
I want to see Mikey, what Mikey does next. Uh, no offense to you, Mikey, uh, but uh, you know I don't know you that well. I haven't seen you in Japan that much, and you're a tag team, dude. Yeah. Hey, that's what the G1. That's what the G1's all about. Surprises, guys going like, hey, here's what I can do. Here's how fucking crazy I am. Uh, pay attention because uh, I've got a, the whole rest of the tournament to go. So I appreciate that, uh, man. Mad Mikey Nichols. Well done. Hey, man, that match, too, that Hanari versus Mikey Nichols match was Australia versus New Zealand. It definitely was. Uh, I'm not very patriotic, am I? Because I was going for New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Dude, I was even going for America when uh, Alex C was wrestling Shane Haste. I like the Aussie guys USA. a lot. Don't, don't get me wrong. but USA, uh, USA, USA. Yeah. Remember at the at the Independence Day when the Japanese crowd started chanting U.S. That <laughs> <laughs> was tremendous. Oh, good times. That was tremendous. And what a fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to say fantastic two nights. Very interesting. So, like, even if we didn't love something, it gave us stuff to talk about. So I'll take that, yeah. you know. So uh, I'd, I'd rather good. But if you're going to be not good least be something i can talk about which is pretty damn cool to me so uh yeah mr guy oh by the way uh, i haven't mentioned it at all and neither of you the new song's so unmemorable it's not funny smash something i don't know i'll do a reading at the end of the g1 and maybe it'll come maybe it'll grow on me or something but like you got a song fighting with a real sword yeah, yeah. come on I mean, you can't use the same song every year. I get it. They have to give other people besides Jam Project, you know, a chance. And it's just nobody's as good, you know. And and I just, I think that Born in the Ring is a great idea. I get it, you know. But these wrestlers are grown already. So, like, it doesn't really matter where they were born. They're, like, here now, you know. So, I don't know. Look, you can't beat the magic of fighting with a real sword, yeah, or real muscle alive. It's just, I don't know, it's like that song struck the right balance of funny English, but also I absolutely legit love it as soon as I heard it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just funny for that. I actually thought those lines were fucking cool. Fighting with, like, years later, it's fighting with a real sword season, everyone. And, uh, you know, yeah. the best music, Luke, makes you think it feels like you kind of heard it before, but you definitely haven't heard it before. You know what I mean? Like, if you ever listen to, like, a Mozart piano sonata, you'll be like, oh, I definitely, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard that, but I haven't heard this. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's like the, you know, it's like every note's in the right place, and that's what happened when Max gets maxed around here. So we will forever use Max the Max as our theme song for the G1 and just change it to whatever year it is until somebody tells us to stop uh, illegally. So other than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, Cease and desist. But, uh, you know, New Japan will probably tell us to cease and desist long before any of the artists we use for Never Realm will be like, hey, no, don't do that. But uh, so... Uh, Mr. Guy, unless there's uh, anything you would like to add. <gasps> Engato, we trust. <laughs>